know the part in scary movies where somebody does something really stupid and everybody hates them for it? This is it. I have such sights to show you. Lions, tigers, bears, oh my. Well, and zombie cats, resurrected children, and failed marriages. We're talking about it all tonight, so thanks for listening. And shout out to our Swedish and Chinese listeners that we've been getting. I love seeing a lot of international subscribers, which is great. Uh, And special thanks to all of you who submitted movies for us to cover on the Instagram and Twitter at Horny Horror Hour. We will get to them, I promise. We may actually be doing uh, one this week and starting something where every fourth episode we let you guys choose what we're going to do you guys are gonna have to listen to the whole episode to see if we're actually going to choose that movie this week so again thank you for all of that now on to the important stuff we're covering Macias's choice of the week another bestseller from stephen king another female director as well and all of those recurring elements bundled into one for a 1980 Nine. 89 classic Pet Cemetery, directed by Mary Lambert. So let's just get into this episode. It does have some pet death in it. Speak for myself, I had to put a pet down once, and it was my uh, middle school dog. Oh, Tracker. Tracker took one for the team. Uh, he lived a long life, and uh, you know now he's no longer with us. I had to hold him in his arms while I got injected. And, oh. Uh, oh, my God. That's I've never awful. seen that. Yeah. My dog was, like, about to go. Yeah. And I was like, oh, shit, something's wrong. And I ran upstairs and got my mom. And when I came back, she was dead. Jeez. Wow. You're Savannah? Yeah. Both German Shepherds you guys had. Well, damn. Uh, Macias, do you have any great uh, dog stories about putting them down? <laughs> or cat stories? <laughs> Tell them how your dad puts down animals. I do uh, love this. <laughs> my Uncle dad old yeller has put them. a bullet in the back of one of our dog's heads because he was old. Um, he was just old, and while the dog's back was turned, he shot him in the back of the head. I'm not saying I condone it. Uh, another time, he had a friend of ours pulled the trigger on another dog. Again, really old, like was too old to get up and stuff. Uh, and then one time, I had a childhood Dalmatian named Sparky. And I remember Sparky, that yeah, bastard. Yeah, she was a bitch. Um, God rest her soul. When I was in college, I came home once, and I pulled into the garage, which I never do. And I heard a yelping, and I stopped the car and ran inside, and, and I got my dad and came back outside, and I didn't know the car was sitting on her leg the entire time. Oh, my I God. I know. I'm the worst person ever. Did she die? Well, my she, her fucking leg was broken. She was already really old, so my dad, <laughs> he put her down <laughs> like that afternoon. Well, Have I you mean, ever, did you ever watch him put it? Fuck no. Okay. I didn't know he was doing it. it I, did, I didn't know it was happening. Oh, Christ. Oh, you see us wins. <laughs> yeah, you definitely <laughs> win there with the that's heavy some, material. That's some uh, southern... Hospitality. Southern <laughs> we've had I a mean, lot. We've had... We, as a kid, we always had at least three dogs at a time. At but a time. I, I honestly don't think that putting a bullet in the back of a dog's head is any different from no. injecting it yeah. with something. No. It's probably better that they're yeah. not going to walk and like they don't know yeah. about yeah, it. Yeah, he was on the property. He was just like walking up the hill. Yeah. yeah. Just popped him. Buddy. Well, as you can yes. uh, you can hear from all of these ladies talking, we have Ash back. Ash, how was Seattle? You don't have to say much, but uh, did you enjoy great. your time? It was very relaxing. If you was catch it? my drift. Oh, I do catch your it drift. It was a good time. Yeah. Okay, I yeah. got that. Nice. Well, glad to have you back. Thank um, you. Marco filled in last week very valiantly. Yeah. Um, Macias, how was uh, your week so far? My week has been really good. I am super pumped because Dragon Con is in 
two, well, tomorrow. It's in one day. I, I'm so excited. I just can't even contain myself. For those that don't live in the Southeast, Dragon Con is our big con here in Atlanta. Um, essentially, I guess you could put on the par of Comic Con, I suppose. Totally. It's like that, but it's more about dressing up and like cosplay. I mean, there's a ton of panels and stuff, but um, it's just basically kind of, other than the panels, I just see it as like one huge weekend long party. Mm. I feel that. Um, I do have a quick question for both of you guys uh, before we get started. What do you guys feel about um, improperly merging onto lanes on the highway in traffic? What do you guys think about that? I feel like you should always use your blinker no matter what. And yeah. I hate when people don't. You're asking for me to fucking hit you. Yep. No, okay. I, I agree with that for sure. But what do you think about like the person that rides the merging lane all the way to the exit and then tries to fucking get back over? <gasps> I experienced that this morning and I'm like, you're going to hell. You're yeah. burning in hell. That is the worst offense for motorists, I think. That makes sure, me so I'm mad. I'm pretty sure we've had this... We've had this discussion Did on it happen this podcast. Again? Yes, I saw one of my coworkers. Again? Oh. I'm not going to say who it was, but again? you know her very well. Yeah, she drove right past the whole line, gets over really quick. She has a baby on board sticker, so that it's a little bit easier. Whoa. I know. It made That's me so, so mad. Rude. You know, if, if, yeah, the whole world's going to be blind if we keep taking eyes from everyone, you know? That's well, right. I think Atlanta is also full. So stop moving here. Well, Very true. I don't know if that's going to happen because we're about to surpass Philadelphia in size in the next Are year. You sure, yeah, sure, <laughs> Are you sure? Are you sure? Says the person not drinking. Interesting. Yeah, I know. Uh, yeah, we're about to get bigger as a city, but uh, not as big as the turmoil in this movie because I don't know about it. I don't know if I've seen a movie that's uh, as, uh, I don't know. Um, negative about the family unit in this movie. I feel like this is like watching a, a unit just disintegrate as far as, you know, yeah. death in the family, mm. downward slope, got the in-laws that are fucking toxic. Yes. I don't know. Some of this movie just made me feel like I do not want to get married. No. I oh, don't. shit. I'm already married. <laughs> oh, shit. Yeah. Uh, oops. <laughs> no, it's fine. She's got like a mom. That's about it. So we're, we're solid. No out. asshole father-in-laws for you. Nope. Well, Macias, uh, what can you tell us about this movie to get us uh, edged in? I think most people probably have seen this movie. I mean, I, I had because uh, I like Stephen King a lot, but um, it had been a while. So can you catch us up on what happened? Yeah. So this movie starts off with the doctor, Dr. Creed, who moves to a rural town in Maine with Typical. his family. Yeah. Uh, the, fam the family quickly realizes they live on a road that frequently has big rigs driving by at an awfully high speed. I'm out real quick. That is absurd. Put in some fucking speed bumps. Yeah. Like, it, is. it is so bad. That's why I would never live on a road like that. At the same time, you can put speed bumps in a neighborhood, but you can definitely not put speed bumps if you live off a main road. But is it's kind of like a back main road. It didn't seem like a highway. Yeah. All I've got to say is you probably shouldn't move into that place you have yeah. children. Yeah. yeah. They were I stupid. But Dumb call, Mr. Creed. Those noises with those trucks passing through is like that would, nightmare material. Oh, that, would oh, yeah. be, that would make me so mad if I were sleeping and I had to hear that all night. When would you sleep? You yeah. know? Yeah, you're right. You and then you'd have, have like sound lights machine. in your window at mm -hmm. all times. No Fuck wonder that. that bitch was taking the volume all the time. Yeah. Yeah. Well, she Her had a reason. Died. Yeah. Okay. Well, you know, aside <laughs> from that. <laughs> Very true. Okay. Right. So uh, this family, they live across from their elderly neighbor, Judd Crandall. Great name. Yeah. So he warns them to keep a close eye on their pet cat, Church. As many animals have been killed on the road, so much so that a pet cemetery exists on the property. Badass. But not spelled correctly, which you might get from the title of this movie. Right. Which yeah, so I what's up with that? Did any of us figure that out? Kids wrote it. Uh, you know kids are stupid. Yeah. That's so good. Cemetery. 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 
So what the family does not know is that there's a part of the cemetery that's blocked off that holds a magical power. Anything buried under the soil there is reborn, but in the most sinister form one can imagine. I did get excited about that because anything reanimator, I'm like, fuck yes, this is going to be great. I got excited about it, but then at the same time, I'm like, there's no way the United States government had not already figured this out and was harnessing its powers to, like, you know, bring back George Washington, Abraham Lincoln, the dead, or something, you know? It's possible there's just a secret like that out here on our soul. Hey. I got secrets in my backyard you don't even know about. Probably all the dog shit that's back there. <laughs> <laughs> Can you grow into a shit monster? Yeah. <laughs> uh, so, Pet Cemetery is considered Pet a horror cemetery. thriller. And it's rated R. Uh, Tom Savini and George Romero actually turned down an offer to direct this movie. That's really interesting. I'm more interested in R- George Romero turning it down because I read that he had the rights to the yeah. movie and yeah. had to relinquish the rights because he he wasn't going to do anything because he was doing Monkey Shines at the time. What a much better movie. I know. I was about to say, <laughs> I honestly don't know which one's I worse. I mean, does Monkey Shines have any zombie elements in it? I don't know that many. I don't, I don't think so. Have you seen it? Bunch of monkeys. That I've not seen have been it, but... During his whole period of time where he's like, I'm not going to do just zombie movies. Yeah. And that, maybe that's why he turned this as, down. Yeah. As for Tom Savini, I don't, I'm, I'm being probably ignorant here. I don't remember him doing many directorial roles. I don't, I didn't know that he ever did. Maybe he was busy being a fucking badass. Probably getting his whip and practicing like being cool and riding Harleys and shit. Mm-hmm. Having yeah. dick guns. Yeah, dick <laughs> guns. So, uh, as Zach mentioned, we have a lady directing this week. It was Mary Lambert, who was eventually chosen to direct this. Her most notable works are music videos. That's so weird. Yeah, it's really strange that she transitioned into this. Yeah. Um, But actually, the only movies that she has done are mostly horror. Interesting. I I have something I'm going to add to that when we get the soundtrack. Oh, yeah. I was going to put that in there, but I didn't. Cool. We'll talk about it in a second, then. Uh, so her most famous, the most famous videos that she's directed are Madonna's Just Like a Prayer and Like a Virgin. Love them both. I know. She also did uh, the short for Janet Jackson's Nasty. Ooh, mm-hmm. yeah. She also worked with Motley Crue, The Go-Go's, Rod Stewart, et cetera, et cetera. A bunch of popular people. Man. I know. I bet she had a fun life. I bet she did. I mean, I'm not sure she's dead, but I'm sure she had a fun time in the 80s. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I'm I sure. can only imagine as somebody that knows the Ramones really well. Yeah. Seriously. With fucking Janet. And Madonna. And Ma- well. Yeah, apparently her and Madonna are like close friends. That's fucking awesome. Yeah. In case you guys didn't pick up on this, the movie is from a novel that was written by Stephen King. And he graduated from the University of Maine, which is where our main character, Dr. Creed, is the lead doctor. The whole Ooh. reason he moves there. So when Stephen King lived there, his family had a house off of a road that was actually a tractor trailer route. Oh, wonderful. Jesus. Yeah, so that's why he picked that... Um, that kind of house for the family in the movie. Um, He said a lot of the neighborhood pets were hit, just like in the novel, Hmm. in the movie. He also got a scare once when his son, Owen, ran at the road, and he had to grab him right before he got hit. Oh, that's nightmare material for any parent. How about this? Put a fence up. Yes, great idea. You have plenty of money. Yeah. Yeah. Or put a shot collar on your kid. Yeah. Yeah, also a good idea. Get like one of those Avisalign fences. And then he (laughs) runs and he gets shocked and he's just just pulsating on the yard like an epileptic. That's right. That's the best way to learn. Yeah. Uh, So King also had an elderly neighbor, and this is where Judd's character comes in. Cute. Uh, The kids in the neighborhood also made a pet cemetery in the field near King's house. This is... Basically, an autobiography of about his time when he went to University of Maine. Yeah, uh, his daughter had a cat that was unfortunately hit by a vehicle on the road. What was his name? I was Smucky. It was yeah, it was like Smucky was or something smucky like or that. Something. Yeah, it was a dumb fucking name. 
Sounds like a racial slur. A smucky? Yeah. Smucky. Yeah, you fucking smuckies. And isn't that a gas station or something? It's I don't think so. It's a jelly company? Smuckers? Smuckers, Smuckers. yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So um, King had to bury the cat in the cemetery and explain the concept of death to his daughter. Hmm. And just to sidetrack for a second, the director, Mary Lambert, she made a good point that often our first experiences of learning about our own mortality and the concept of death is through our pets. Unless you're going growing up in a war-torn country or something. Fair. Yeah. So do you guys think you remember the first time you understood what death was? Yes. Really? I don't well, think I do. I don't know if it was the first time, but it was like the first time that stood out to me. I watched it like I was at the like neighborhood pool and there was a fuckload of people there and somehow this girl just ended up drowning and she was like face down oh, in the pool. You saw her? What? Yeah. <gasps> like face down, no one had gotten her. She Nobody had noticed. It was a little girl? Yeah. Oh, That's sad. And her belly man. was full of water. Ooh, you looked at her belly? I couldn't not look. And then I ran home and cried for like five million years. Whoa. Damn. Uh, mine might touch upon you, Macias. I, I think maybe the first time I had uh, thought about mortality in the sense of you know, death is probably when my grandmother on my mother's side died, Abuela. Yeah. Um, just because before that, I hadn't had any significant family members die. And at that point, Tracker hadn't perished. So, uh, yeah, going to visit her in Puerto Rico and seeing her very frail, but still lively. And then, you know, going to a funeral was very, I don't know, not experience. Was it an open casket? It, I don't, I think it was. I don't remember exactly. I think it was. Um, but she was a beautiful lady anyway, so it should have been. Mm. I chose not to go to the funeral because I didn't want to do makeup work. Make That's the kind of person I was back make in middle school. Makeup work? What On do you yourself? mean? On Homework. her? No, like, my mom was like, do you want to go to the, she was like, do you want to come to the funeral? And I was like, you know, like, school's really stressful. What were you in, like, fucking sixth grade or something? I was in seventh or eighth grade. Look, I got, I used to get really stressed out. Like I said, I would get fevers. My mom would have to, like, force me to stay home I mean, aside from, like, yeah, it sucks going to visit your dead grandmother. In Puerto Rico? But, yeah, you get to go to Puerto Rico. Yeah, but it's going to be, like. With your cousin and all the booze in the world and hanging out with Yeah, when I'm, like, 13 (laughs) years old, not even. (laughs) Totally. Right. That makes sense. Yeah. Well, RIP. I Abuela. hope you show up to my R.I.P. funeral. <laughs> yes, I will. I will not be too busy with work to show up to your funeral. <laughs> too much makeup work. Fantastic. Too much makeup work. I can't worry about this. I thought you meant like you didn't want to put makeup I on. I thought that too. I was or like, no. you didn't want to be charged with putting makeup on your dead yeah. grandmother. Fuck no. I just knew it was going to be like a lot of days off of out of school. Hanging out, out in the beauty. Beautiful beaches of Puerto Rico. <laughs> you did not understand makeup work. Did you guys not have to do makeup work as I kids? I did as well. Yeah. It, it was, was hell. I hated it. It stressed it just stressed me out mm. beyond Yeah. No, okay. you beyond comprehension. Well I was the only one that had makeup work ever. Okay, we'll quietly judge you to ourselves. Yeah, Please the whole do. No. It's fine. Uh after Sting, Stephen King wrote this book, his wife and his friend told him, Look, dude, it's too fucking dark. You what? you can't put this out. That's why really? I need to read the book. Yeah, I know. I really do because I've read Carrie. I'm trying to think, and I've read like half of it. And it's Shining. Another one. Mm-mm, I haven't read Shining, yeah. but yeah, Pet Cemetery um, is supposed to be one of the better. Ones. I mean, they're all really good. What can I say? Mm. Well, Stephen King said that this was the only novel he's written that scared him. Yeah. Which is interesting. Yeah, I'm gonna have to. I'm gonna have to put check that one check out that. at the library. Definitely. Yeah, it's a good one. I read it once and uh, got it taken away from me in uh, seventh grade at the Christian school I was going to because it was a little too dark and they didn't like it. That Aww. sounds about right. For mom, yeah, no, my for mom Dominion. came by and was like, I'm taking this book back. No, we can get to read it, obviously. It was, like, it was a good book. Yeah. So wait, your mom gave it back to you? Of course she did. Good. She helped me rent it in the first place. All what right. a nice mother. Yeah. I know. 
So what King said about the book is he said it just spirals down into darkness. It seems to be saying that nothing works and that nothing is worth it, and I don't really believe in that. But despite his feelings about the story, he needed a last book to complete the contract he was under, so his wife convinced him he should submit it to the publishing, to the publishing company. Um, and like Zach said, he was quoted as saying this is like the only book that he's written that really scares him. Did you guys know his wife is a writer too? No. No. Yeah, she's written like nine novels. I had no idea. I didn't either. I I don't know. Yeah, I don't know what kind of novels she writes, but I can't imagine that writing under the shadow of Stephen King is yeah. very fun. I think he like help. They help each other. You hmm. mean sh- he helps her? Because he's he's pretty well established. What if it's like that that movie Big Eyes where she actually does everything and he takes credit? I never saw it. Ooh, it's weird. Big yeah, eyes? you told me that. You told me it gave you a weird feeling, so I didn't see it. Well, well, let's move on from Stephen King. We know a lot about him, obviously. Let's move on to the cast, and we're going to start with the, the lesser famous, Dale Midkiff, who played Lois. Not Lois. Lewis, probably. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm going to imagine Lewis. Uh, he's known for this movie and hasn't done really much else since, other than some Broadway plays, which is impressive in itself. I'll he give looks that. like he does Broadway. Yeah. I did read, though, that in some of the scenes that he initially shot... He was so jacked and looked so good that they had to reshoot the scenes because he was uh, too hot for what was going on. They wanted to not take away from the creepiness. So like, yo, put on some clothes, like pajamas. Well, that's a fucking shame. I don't know. I think they were right. I think if you were to see him with a six pack and like a bunch of biceps, it might take away a little bit yeah. from the movie. It's not was, really the vibe. I was really fixated on the fact that he wore scrubs to bed. That yes. I was like, what the hell is your problem? Like you yeah. want to wake up and be ready for work? Yeah, like you fuck don't have that. I wear scrubs to work. I'm like, I don't wear them to fucking bed. Mm-mm. Rather see in yeah. your underwear. Yeah. Um I did also see that they uh got Bruce Campbell. Initially they wanted for the first choice of Lewis Greed. Could you imagine Bruce Campbell in this movie? Uh, that would be really cool. I would probably like it more. Yeah. I think it might have taken away just because his cult uh status at that point. Yeah, Dead. because he's kind of like a loner, like womanizer. Yeah. It's yeah. Not, it would hard to imagine him as like family man. Yeah. Well, Next parent up, we got the mother. We got Denise Crosby. Bart. And, well, you say that, but when I started looking her shit up, I realized that she came up from, like, very good stock. Her grandfather was actually Bing Crosby. Yeah, that's pretty fucking cool. One of my favorite Christmas singers. I know, and she actually never met him, which is kind of crazy. So I don't know if the relationship was there. She was 19 and said she had never met him when he died. What the fuck? I, you never know the family dynamics. But um, she is also huge in the Star Trek community. She played a really big character, and she goes to all the Comic-Cons, the Dragon Cons, as that character. So that's, Whoa. that's, that's her claim that's to fun. fame. That's super fun. I mean, I also thought she looked really good in the movie with that short hair. Do you guys think she yeah, did? Yeah, I liked her short haircut. I liked her short haircut. I thought she was a horrible actress. Well, you me, think so? What? Oh, yeah. I didn't okay. think so. Well, you can put that aside, yeah, Ash, because uh-huh. if you want to look up what she looked like in 1979 before this movie nude, she had a Playboy spread to get back at her family. So uh, oh. I'm Ooh. pull out the smartphones, boys, girls. If you want to look it up, look up Denise Crosby, 1979 Playboy spread, and see how it looks. I'll right. tell you right now, it is pretty good. Pretty steamy? Uh, not even steamy. I mean, you, you know, you so much steam, you can, you know, you could, you know, Oh. Power a steam train. Okay. <laughs> wow. Really you selling like it? it. Wow. Yeah. I like her short hair. Yeah. Let me see. Let me see. Very beautiful body. Yeah. She <gasps> she looks very good. Whoa. Mm-hmm. Again, nice bod. We're taking turns, you know, putting this phone around and looking at, you know, the Playboy spread that she did. And again, Playboy. Save that for later. A great yeah. publication with a lot of great articles. 
Um, one more adult before we get into the all-star kid staff, because a lot of this movie, Pet Cemetery, is about kiddos. Um, we've got to talk about Fred Gwynn, who played the creepy next-door neighbor. I, I don't think he's that creepy, but I think in general with his role, he was kind of creepy. What did you guys think of his impression just off the bat? I thought he was great in the movie. Yeah, I, oh, I him. loved him. I was like, damn, I know this guy. I know this guy. Yes. I know this guy. And everyone's like, uh, the monsters. And I'm like, fucking my cousin Vinny. There you he go. He's the judge. Oh, I knew yeah. he, I saw he was in my cousin Vinny, but I could not remember who he was. Yeah, I, I, it was killing me. I had Still to doesn't ring a bell. I haven't yeah. seen it in forever. Um, also, that was really interesting. If you've watched this movie, uh, he is supposed to come off as the bad angel opposed right. to the ghost who's the good angel, which Pascal. I didn't really pick up until I started thinking about it a little bit. I mean, nice people can be Satan, too. Yeah, that's kind of a hard pickup. But he, in general, is a renaissance man. He sang, he wrote, and illustrated about a thousand children's book, if you look it up. So he's kind of a badass what? in his own rights. Yeah, he has a bunch of children's book. He played the iconic Herman Munster back in the day and was in My Cousin Vinny, as we just talked about. Um, and for these children's book, they had some great titles. Are you guys ready for these titles? Yes. Uh, one is A Chocolate Moose for Dinner. But it's not moose. It's like the animal moose. Oh, that's cute. I feel like I've read that. See? Yeah, you got Pond Larker, The Battle of the Frogs and the Mice, and A Little Pigeon Toad. I like that one. Hmm. That's cute. Um, so he seemed like he did a lot of stuff diversified, and his family really loved him. Um, he was Mary Lambert, the director's first choice for the role, and is actually, he was based on, like uh, Messiah said, Stephen King's neighbor who was there, and almost even King himself, because he was one inch shorter from King and had a very heavy main accent in this oh, movie, neat. which worked really well. For his role, when the director explained it to him when he read the script, he said, I put this role on like a pair of overalls. And you remember, he's wearing overalls in most of the movie. Yeah, mm -hmm. so that flannel. That. To further fit the role, he had to dye his hair white for this role. And could you imagine being around 60 years old in the movie business and having to dye your hair white and you have a full set of hair? That's pretty fucking awesome at that oh point. Yeah, he, he looked old. Yeah. But he, like, and he was old, I guess, 60. My dad's 68. My yeah, dad still has color in his hair, but, like, right. that's yeah. fucking badass. Yeah. To not get that gray in it yet. Yeah. Yeah, that is pretty incredible. I don't know. If it's I bet he looked in the mirror and was like, oh, fuck. <laughs> is it weed smoking or is it just not stressing out? I don't, I don't know, know what it is. Beans. But as promised, let's talk about the children because I think they did a great job in this movie. You guys might uh, disagree, but originally the production company wanted both Ellie and Gage's characters to be played by a set of twins, which is something I didn't really know much about. But uh, but um, in theory, you would want two twins to play one character so you can switch off when they're going to go on. And if someone gets sick, you can have that twin also fill in. So there's a main twin and off twin. Um, in this instance, Ellie was played by two sisters, Blaze and Bo Berdahl, with Blaze being the primary actress playing Ellie and Bo filling in for her with Blaze, the uh, first actress, getting most of the credit. Um, in this movie, Lambert tried to get uh, Blaze to cry for a scene by suggesting the young actor think of something that she would want to cry about, but she couldn't. So Lambert just paid her more instead, and then she cried, which is fucking bargaining <laughs> skills at a young Hell age. Hell yeah. It's like, yeah, bitch, I'm not going to fucking think about anything sad. How about you fucking get that moolah? Yeah, that's right. More Hustle. money. Yeah, I like her, it. Her cry still sucked, though. It yeah, wasn't she great. Was fucking shitty. Well, Blaze went on to do 
Not a whole bunch. But <laughs> don't <laughs> but don't worry. She has been the voice of Swiffer for Procter Gamble for a while. She most recently voiced a multi-spot for Metamucil. Do you guys remember that one? Oh, yeah. And as of 2016, I think I've seen this commercial, she was the current voice of Luberderm. Wow. Good for her. Had a voice. Helping young boys jack off since 2016, oh. you know? Oh, wow. Worthy um, cause. Gage, on the other hand, the young boy, was not played by twins, even though the production company wanted it to be a twin set, but she found a boy. She found Miko Hughes, who was so cute, so receptive, such a good child actor that she felt that there was no way they could pass him up without you know, making a very bad mistake. And this was his film debut, which means he had been in commercials, he had been in PSAs, but he was 2.5 years old. Can you believe that? Around 33 months, this motherfucker's making his movie debut. Oh That's crazy. I'm still waiting for mine, and I'm fucking 27 times 12, whatever how many months that is. <laughs> it's just cr- it's crazy to think that you can tell a kid what to do, and it'll like listen to you, and I don't know. Yeah, he that seems it can a little act. mature for his age. Yeah, he What's did. weird, Macias, is you said it. It, you know, the thing. You can Are tell you the thing what to do. <laughs> No, I'm not. Uh, he went on to remain a child star. He was in a bunch of TV shows and movies like Kindergarten Cop. Oh, my God. That's where I knew, knew yeah. him from. Apollo 13 as the, one of the astronauts' kid. And he had an uncredited role, which I think was kind of funny, as a DJ in Tropic Thunder. I, which I, I did not know about. I guess he's an adult now. Yeah. Um, but, you know, to kind of get out of the cast, uh, what did you guys think about them in general? I thought altogether they were pretty good. I think they should have picked an older kid to play him. I don't I don't like that because, look, he did a really great job for being two and a half years old, but I would have liked a more expressive child actor. Maybe with some more experience. Yeah, like him trying to look sinister and angry. It just, it looked like a kid trying to, I don't know. It just didn't look good. I could definitely understand that. He wasn't the craziest monster I've seen. No. Kind of looked like Chucky if Chucky had yes. no, I don't know, had emotions and was a kid, but yeah. that doesn't really mm. work. He reminded me a lot of Chucky. Yeah. yeah. He was good at being cute. cute. little hands. Yeah. I mean, that's for sure. So let's cross over into special effects while still talking about the cast. We had Andrew Hubbutsek, who played Zelda, the deformed older sister the mother's character, which I think was like one of the creepiest yes. scenes in the movie. Which yes. is probably the scariest part of this movie. That's what scarred me when I saw this when I was younger. That is back? Yeah. yeah, that's what sat with me after I was done watching it yeah. the other day. Yeah, mm-hmm. I was walking uh, you know, in the dark of my house the other day, and that's the first thing that popped in my mind. It wasn't the little kid attacking me. It was no. like, was there some, some deformed bitch in my bed? Yeah. yeah. Golly. Oof. Could you imagine having spinal meningitis, though? Personally, Oof. no. No. But, uh, that'd be bad. Uh, but and while they wanted to originally choose a little girl to play Zelda, the director said that the thinner and the younger the girls were that they auditioned, the the more innocent they seemed. And they wanted to get a guy to play it because they wanted Zelda to seem so off with the spinal meningitis that Oof. it looked like the right character. And somebody that could cough and make guttural sounds and all that stuff. So they got that uh, previously mentioned actor, Andrew Butsek, um, and in itself, I think that's a pretty good combination of practical effects thinking. You know, you don't yeah. you don't need to do anything crazy. Get somebody that's right for the role that fits it and that transitions over. Um, and they coupled that with some great makeup to make that character so creepy. And they didn't go overboard with CGI at that time, which I think a lot of movies getting to the 90s started to do. Uh, as for Zombie Gage, some criticized them using a child because they were like, you can't do this with all these violent scenes. What? Uh, well, he was also like 31 months old, so he's eh, kind of young. Who cares? Oh, when I you're agree. past 12 months, you need to start talking years, okay? Oh, I agree, but you know, hey. People are fucking They're weird. not. But the director skillfully shot some scenes where he could do what he needed to do, and they'd take him out for the violent scenes, and they'd use a dummy for most of them, which is nice. And I didn't notice that at all. Um, they wanted to use a little person, 
But I was thinking about that. Could you imagine expecting to see Gage and then like somebody comes out looks like Vern Troyer or something? Yeah. No, I couldn't. And by the way, I could definitely tell when it was a dummy. You could? I yeah. guess when he threw him across <laughs> the yes. room. Yeah. Oh, no. When he came out out of the ceiling. Yeah. Or out of the attic, whatever that was. Yeah. And another cool fact is they actually put a fake layer on Judd's house, the house across the street, to make it look a lot creepier. So everything you saw on the house across the street from um, the main protagonist's house was a house, but it had a layer on the outside. And they actually burnt down that layer to make it look like it was burning down. So That's there was a cool. pretty cool like outside layer, which I didn't know you could do. Yeah. Um, and all in all, there wasn't too much about the special effects in this movie, to be honest, with Mary Lambert saying one of the hardest things in this movie was to get the cat to eat the fucking pork chop. For real? I, yeah. I mean, how would you get a cat to eat a pork chop? That sounds like a fucking cat movie. Raw meat? Yeah, yeah. They don't want to eat shit. I tried to give Maria's cat... All the time I should get burgers, hot dogs, you know, chili. You're making me so hungry. I'm hungry as well. I want a cheeseburger. Oh, my God. That sounds so good. I need a cat right now. <laughs> but to close all those rumors that we've heard, no cats were actually harmed in this movie. But it did take, get this, seven cats of the same type to do this movie. Oh, I was wondering that. I was wondering if it was more than one cat. I was yeah. like, how'd they get that cat to lay in the bed with the covers over it so yes. easily? I was wondering how they did that with these... I was like, how do you tell a cat what to do? How do you yeah. train a cat? I don't know, but no. they had to get seven fucking English cats to do this. And they called it Churchill because they were all an English breed, which yeah. is kind of interesting. Makes sense. Also, quick uh, fun note that I'm just, you know, thinking of right now, I forgot to mention, is that all the houses in Maine and the rooms are really small, so they had the houses, but they did it film it in other places because the rooms there are just like real small weird, weird. yeah and Why? really cold mm. oh i don't know i'm not a main architecture but you know wait i guess like yeah it would keep your house it would keep the room warmer if the room was smaller that makes sense it was also pretty warm in this movie it was uh elliot goldenthal's score i don't know if you guys actually listened to it uh macias you're a big composition uh, score person did you notice the score when you were watching it at all i didn't it didn't stand out to me I liked it. Well, Elliot's known as being the thinking man's composer, so he actually knows all of his musical shit. He was uh, very good at like experimenting with stuff. He once told somebody and early on in his career to blow on the opposite side of a trumpet to see what noise it would make, and they used it, and the person thought he was crazy at the time. But now that they're a little bit older, thinks like he was like way ahead of his time when he was starting his uh, his composition and scoring, which is kind of cool. Hmm. Okay, I'm going to blow into the opposite side of something and be dubbed a genius. Uh, well, hey, you know, it happens. What I also thought was pretty cool is there are only two actual songs in this movie, and they're both from the Ramones. Um, with Mary Lambert believing that part of the reason Stephen King chose her for this job was because he knew that she was part of the Ramones' inner circle because she had been a creative music director. Ooh. Which is interesting. It's an interesting theory because she had never done any horror movies yeah. or actual films before. And Stephen King was just about to do Maximum Overdrive, which he then, you know, jizzed all over ACDC yeah. to do for yeah. him. Yeah, so that's so weird. The Ramones were his favorite band, or so I read. Yeah? I don't know if they still are, but they, they were. Stephen King's favorite band? Mm-hmm, that's why they used, uh, when they when the truck driver was driving down the road before he hit Gage, they used the song Sheena is a Punk Rocker or whatever, yeah. and that's by the Ramones, and that's why he put that in what there. What if ACDC and Maximum Overdrive is his favorite band? And Ramones are his favorite band. And what does that mean about Stephen King? Maybe he... Like a slut. He is a slut. Yeah. I don't know. He's a slut. But just like ACDC, we talked about Maximum Overdrive. They did their own song for this. He got the fucking Ramones to do their own song for Pet Cemetery. And it actually was pretty funny because it got pretty popular. 
on the Billboard charts. And the fans actually like Ramones don't like the song because it's not really it's w- cheesy. Yeah, here's some lyrics from the songs. I don't want to be buried in pet cemetery. I don't want to live my life again. I don't want to be buried in pet cemetery. I don't want to live my life again. Oh no! Oh no! Wow. I don't want to be buried in a pet cemetery. That's yeah. That's basic. That's much better than what it was actually phrased as. But I think altogether, uh, it's not good. Another Stephen King movie getting a rock band to do a movie just because of his name and his adoration for the band. It was just yeah. So I read. So one thing I read is that like he. You know, that Mary Lambert had, like, a connection and, like, it sounds like, I don't know, maybe, like, commissioned to have them write it. I don't know. But then I also heard they wrote it because King loved them and it was, like, a, and they wrote it as, like, an homage to him. I don't know. Either e- way, it's not a good song. <laughs> Either way, it's just interesting to see his, like, fascination with, like, ACDC or Moans. And it almost makes him seem super cool to be able to get these bands. Yes. You know? Probably takes a lot of money, though, unfortunately. Yeah. Speaking of money, Pet Cemetery had a pretty decent sized budget of $11.5 million. Ooh. And yeah, I'm like, eh, I guess I could see $11.5 million. What do you guys think? Yeah, but, but like back in what it was 1983, we're saying? 89. Sorry, 89? That's yeah. right, 89. Yeah, that's not too much. I mean, it's not, it's not a small amount by any means. This is not any hotel hell money, which yeah. is like super short, but. We're not talking about, like, Freddy Krueger money either. Yeah, so opening weekend, the U.S. brought in a little over $12 million, so they broke even there first weekend, so that's pretty damn good. And the overall U.S. gross was about $57 million. Wow. So not too shabby. Could I you, would not expect that for this movie. No. Also, could you imagine your pet dying that week and then going to see this movie? No. I don't oh, think I would do that. Or you get home from watching the movie and then your pet's Dead. You know that had to happen to like one person at oh, least, probably like two or three, and then they're looking around for where the pet cemetery is. Yeah, and then all of a sudden you're you're fucking like burying your dog in the middle of a fucking Indian reservation ground. Oh shit! I just realized we have like at least four pets buried on my parents' property. Jesus. Sure. Yeah, uh, Sean's killed one that I know of too, so that makes five. <laughs> wow. <laughs> yeah, at least four, oh, five. I think God. five, maybe six. Yeah, animals buried there. Yeah, so much like the rest of King's work, Pet Cemetery was shot in rural Maine, which is where the novel was also set. And since King lived about 20 minutes away from the filming location, he was on set pretty much the whole time, which I think is cool unless you're you're like a micromanager. Yeah. And yeah. I also heard that he like this is one of the best adaptations of his work or it's most it's most not one of the best adaptations, but it's. As it's closest to the novel than anything else that he's made. Ooh, I, I read not. it and I think it's pretty close. It's been a while, but it seemed pretty accurate. So the burial ground was actually shot from a mountaintop. However, they brought bulldozers up to construct the scene, which kind of makes me cringe a little bit. Does yeah. it? Yeah. So bulldozers' natural habitat is on mountains. <laughs> yeah, but it was you're like right. in a, like a like a national state park, and you're bringing in oh. fucking bulldozers. Yeah. Ugh, that's I tacky. Don't know. Well, if anything, you're probably going to create some bad spirits with that. So, very, you know. Very faux pas. Yeah. So, uh, the reviews weren't that bad, but they weren't that great either. Uh, Rotten Tomatoes gave it a 48% critic score and oh. a 59% audience score. Wow. They don't like this at all. No. Now, I'll give you some uh, reviews, too. So, USA Today, if Pet Cemetery could have boasted more authentic details in telling its devastating story, it might have been a classic instead of just another pet heave. Okay. Oh. Who wrote that? 
I don't know, somebody for USA yeah, Today. Yeah, uh, you got to start including those names so we can start uh, isolating them. Well, Macias told us to stop because we... Yeah. we Hurting them. Yeah, we I didn't yeah. like it. Um, New York Times. The movie fails mostly because it doesn't trust the audience to do any of the work. What the dialogue doesn't carefully explain or predict is explained or predicted by ominous music and special effects. The movie seems to be playing to itself. I agree with that. I agree with that quote, personally. Um, most people who didn't care for it thought the main married couple were super uncharismatic and that our director didn't do a great job of highlighting the terrifying psychological themes that were present in the novel. I agree with the first part of them not seeming like they were even a married couple because every time you had the, the wife even talk to the, 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 main, the main guy, the doctor, she kept calling him Doc. Yeah. I mean, Maria, like, what couple, yeah. like, has that really sanitary nickname for each other where it's she's like, like, are we friends, Doc? Or, like, calling, it's like calling your spouse kid or kid Yeah. yeah. Ooh, I hate that. Yeah, that's nasty. Ooh, that's gross. Um, a lot of people thought the director seemed too focused on gore and shock value when she really didn't need to. And people also thought the dialogue was shitty and over the top. Yes. Like, it wasn't necessary to explain everything to death. Those who did like it were big fans of Judd, Mr. Yeah, Fred. Fred Quinn. Yeah. And they loved that there was a movie about a zombie child and obviously the gore. And I just got to say, regardless of whether you think it's a top-notch horror film, you can't deny that it's pretty fucking fun. Oh, definitely. I guess, yeah. It's just, it's kind of cheesy, and that's what makes it fun. It, it sets up a lot of tropes for everyone in the future of making fun of Fred Gwynn's statements of, you know, you're not going to want to go to Pet Cemetery. Like, the, the idea of an antagonist, or if you want to call him that, telling you what's going to be the negative thing to do, and then coming back, like, you're not going to want to do that. It's like, well, you shouldn't have told me that yeah. in the yeah. first place. He just, like, led too much. Yes. He's, he's a devil. Um, I will say, I would actually be curious to see a, a really decent... Well, that. Yeah. No, I wouldn't. That'd be terrifying. He probably has a huge dong. Probably oh, I don't want to look at... I don't think of an old dick. <laughs> yeah, you're a right. Pa a paint can of a dong. Oh. Ew. Uh, no, I think it'd be really interesting to see, like, a director who's known for making really, like, scary, psychological, like, thriller-type shit to remake this movie. Yeah, they've been talking about remaking it. We haven't gotten to it yet, but they are remaking this movie. It's going to come out in May of 2019. Do you know who's doing it? Do you it? think so? Because... Yeah, I've seen this movie. It's supposed to be released in 2019 by Kevin Kolsch, who hasn't done uh, that much else, to be completely honest. He did Holidays, I believe. Oh, mm. dope. That yeah. could be cool. And uh, they're going to have John Lithgow as Judd, which is fucking badass. Oh, yeah, great. We got from Dexter. Jason Clark. And Amy Simetz, who are two like lesser-known uh, actors and actresses, but I think it has potential if they do it like the way they did the New Evil Dead, where they kind of change it up but keep the same elements. If you yeah. will, yeah, I just would love it to be more dark and not cheesy. I don't know if it could be cheesy now and work. So hopefully yeah. they they are going to make it a little darker. Yeah, and embrace some of the what could have been. Um, I yeah, I'd like to see them do it again and knock it out of the park. I just mm -hmm. want to see Judd is from John Lithgow. Yeah, which that would be dope. He seems like he fits it pretty well. Yes, yeah, he definitely. You know, does. like the bachelor old man across the yeah. street. Yeah, and he's good at being sinister. Like yeah. he looks nice, but he's actually a fucking creep, just like on Dexter. Yeah, which is crazy. Okay, guys, let's get into the last part of the segment taglines, yeah, yeah. as we always do. Uh, the first one, the iconic tear from the number one best-selling writer. Mm. I mean, you know, if, if you read it. Stephen King, yeah, sure. Yeah. Next one, don't forget to put out the cat. 
before the cat puts you out. Puts out puts out you. Puts out you. <laughs> I don't know. It's, it's not it good. Don't forget to put out the cat before the cat puts you out. On a pork chop. You said it wrong again. God damn it. <laughs> don't forget to put out the cat before the cat puts out you. That doesn't flow. Your way yeah, is better. I puts you out. Yeah, way better. Uh, next one. A magical place where a child's best friend can come back and live forever, in parentheses, as an adult's worst nightmare, in parentheses, and if it works for animals... I, that's just too much. No, yeah. That's Very way long. too long. You can't have parentheses in a fucking tagline. No. Yeah. That's weird. No? That's very weird. If you can't read it in a movie voice, it's probably wrong. Like, does it cover the whole, like, front of the movie yeah. poster? I mean, I yeah. don't know what it's supposed to do. And the last one, a pet isn't just for life. That's the only decent one. I like that one. Because I yeah. thought about, if Wolfgang were to die, that's my pet. Um, I probably would try to bring him back to life. Yeah, I'd take you know? a, would you? I'd take a rabied Cyrus. I would not take no? a rabied any of either of my dogs. No. Well, I mean, if you want to see our dogs, get an Instagram right now. Just type it in. You can guess which dogs are ours, but mm. they're right there for you. Um, do you guys have any fun facts before we close this out? I do. Stephen King was hit by a minivan in 1999 while walking on the side of the road in Maine. Really? Mm-hmm. Damn. I so, know. So maybe that's the Victor Pascal character is probably based somewhat on what happened to him. Well, he this happened ten years after the movie came out. So oh, yeah. I see. So. Victor Pascal looks a little too familiar to me. Any any uh, anybody? No, but I was thinking the same thing. Loose clues. American Werewolf in London. Oh yeah, the best that character. Friend. You're right. The the ghost that keeps coming to him. Yeah. Um, which I also think is funny about Victor Pascal is that uh, when he's being uh, escorted into the hospital when he actually gets hit and he's alive, you can see on the wall of the hospital a rabies poster that shows Cujo. Oh, that's fun. Oh, There's I didn't awesome notice that. Connection. I love um, shit like in that. In the book, they mention a lot that some kids have been killed by Cujo County down. Hell yeah. That connection. Um, I also saw that when Rachel, the wife, gets into the semi truck. You can see the numbers on the semi truck oh, are yeah. six six six. I saw that. Semi truck. Yeah, yeah this is the semi truck. <laughs> <laughs> oh shit. Okay, everyone. Now that we're done with pet cemetery facts, we're gonna jump into another segment. So see you on the flip side. So this week, I chose to do a trivia portion about Stephen King's novels that have been adapted into films. So guys, I'm going to read you the description, the IMDb description storyline, and you're going to have to guess which book or film I'm talking about. You're going down. Probably. Okay, so who wants to go first? I'll go first. You pick. I'm going first. Okay, the last gunslinger has been locked in an eternal battle with Walter O'Dim, also known as the Man in Black. And determined to prevent him from toppling something. Watchtower. That's close. Dark Watch Tower. Him. God damn it. It is Dark Tower. Nice. Shit. Okay. Stole, Ash, bitch. Steal point. Okay, Ash. In the summer of 1989, a group of bullied kids band together to destroy a shape-shifting monster which disguises itself and preys on the children of Derry, their small main town. What's the question? It? Yes. Okay. <laughs> I was like, what, what, when were you asking for the name? Pennywise? Yeah. Yeah, no, no, no. Yeah, okay. you need the name of the book or, uh, or the movie. All right, Zach. The lives of guards on death row are affected by one of their charges, a man accused of child murder and rape, yet who has a mysterious gift. The Green Mile. Diggity, diggity, diggity. One I for Zach. that fucking movie. Yeah. And you got Don't th- call it. It's a good one. And you oh, got Jangles. Uh, Mr. Jingles. The Mr. Rat. Jangles. Mr. Jangles the rat. Billy the Kid. He was more like a mouse. Well... 
We got two one, right? Yep, we got Ash two, Zach one. Perfect. Time to catch up. Ash, a nerdish boy, buys a strange car with an evil mind of its own, and it's and his nature starts to change to reflect it. No, this. I know this. No, you don't. Yes, I do. I think of Stephen King being on cocaine. No, he doesn't you don't. remember writing this apparently. About a, About a car. When the does she car get to? Car is when in is the Halloween done? movie. When is she two. done? When is she done? Ten. Nine. Stop! You've never done this before. Seven. <laughs> five. Is it like a girl's name? Three. I can't tell you. I can't give you any hints. One. I, I got nothing. Christine. God All right. Fucking Christ. Okay, you guys are tied now. You stole one from each of each other. <gasps> you bitch. Yeah. <laughs> All right, Lloyd. Got it. A shy, friendless teenage girl who is sheltered by her domineering religious mother. Carrie. Um, yep. <laughs> that was the easiest one. No, all these are easy. I was going to put maximum overdrive. I was like, that's too fucking easy. There are so many to choose from, by the way. Yeah. All right. A young couple is trapped in a remote town where a dangerous religious cult believe everyone over the age of 18 must be killed. Oh, man. Interesting. Is that all there is? I left out a word from the description. It's a religious cult of... The cult is comprised of people under 18 as well. Oh, children of the corn. Okay. God damn it. All right. After the death of a friend, this is to you, Zach. After the death of a friend, a writer recounts a boyhood journey to find the body of a missing boy. Stand by me. Yep. So good. Such a great movie. Not I a horror movie, but very good movie. Right. Yeah. Okay. A big city reporter travels to the small town where her mother has been arrested for the murder of an elderly woman that she works for as a maid. Ooh. Um, I've never seen it. Dolores this. Claiborne. Yes. Fucking love that movie. Nice. I've never seen it. Kathy Bates is a boss. Okay, I'll have to check that out. Before or after a misery? I think, I think it's, it's after. Is it? I think no so. Clue. I think it was in the mid 90s. Y'all should or watch something. it. It's uncomfortable. Okay, good. Then I'll like it. All right, Zach. Friends on a camping trip discover that the town they're vacationing in is being plagued in an unusual fashion by parasitic aliens from outer space. Ooh, parasitic aliens from outer space. I'm going to have to say there's two fucking movies that, that could, could be. It could be The Fog or The Mist. And I believe it's the myth. I'm going to go with you're wrong. Ash, do you want to try? God damn it. I'm going to go with the fog. That is Dreamcatcher. God, fuck. You oh. both missed that one, but you're both still tied. Damn. Okay. This one is going to be a, a lightning question. So wait, what is that? Whoever gets you're it first. both tied right now. Oh, fuck. A writer is accused of plagiarism by a strange man who then starts haunting him for justice. Secret window. All right, Zach. Zach, you won. We're going to take a break and get back to the ratings in a second. Okay, okay, it's on to ratings, thoughts, and data to catch any new listeners up from China or Sweden, maybe. Because, again, this is my favorite segment. We grade all movies for 11 horror variables, an overall grade for each of us, and various other metrics. So let's just jump into this one. We are going to go to jump scares first. So jump scares for Pet Cemetery. we graded this about a 33%. Accurate. With that. Accurate. Okay. I thought there actually was some pretty good jump scares in like it. Like the cat. There were a couple. Yeah, yeah, it was with the cat. The cat at the very beginning was a very good one. The bathtub cat shit. Also, Not cat shit, <laughs> but cat. I knew that was coming, but it still Ooh, got I didn't me. like it. A lot of the stuff with uh, the ghosts as well, where he just appear, yeah. was kind of creepy until you realize he was a good figure, mm. I thought at least. Um, so that's 33% for jump scares. For soundtrack, we gave it a 56%. Wasn't great. Wasn't bad. Yeah, it was whatever. I liked it. Yeah, we had the Ramones in it, but they yeah. one of the songs was in the end credits, so I don't almost even count that for the movie. 
Yeah, um, but, you know, props to them for having the Ramones do some yeah. music for this. For gore, we had a 43%. Uh, I'm going to agree with that. There wasn't a ton of gore. There wasn't a lot, but I was still, I think, a Pascal was, was okay. Yeah. Yeah. Um, for shock value, I don't think it was that shocking of a movie. No. Very 30, predictable. 33%. Well, a kid died, but kid died. other than that. Yeah, I didn't expect that. I'm not shedding any tears over a kid dying. No, I, just, I well, it's not me. Um, not, it's not a... Not a puppy dog. No. We tied for suspense. You guys get this. We gave it all 50%. Oh. Yeah. It's yeah. kind of just even keel. It's yeah. in the middle right yeah. there. Yeah. You're like, you, you want to feel suspenseful, but like, eh. They explain yeah, but you too don't much. really. Pretty sure it's going to know it's going to happen. Uh, monster slash killer appeal. We gave it a 60%. Fine with that. You got some kids. You got the cat. You got uh, Judd being kind of a bad angel. I feel mm. like they had a lot of different elements where it wasn't just one force, if yeah. you will. Yeah, I, I think that's pretty spot on. There yeah. wasn't. Yeah, there wasn't. I mean, the cat, the cat kind of looked like shit yeah. at some points. Whatever. Nothing blew my mind. No. no, except for like I said, I liked the way Pascal looked. Yeah, he looked great. And I want to say, you know, Zelda, the sister, but that Ooh. was just kind of natural. So he just didn't eat for a month. Yeah. yeah. You guys ready for a really low score? Yes. What? Horniness. Yeah, zero. Yeah, I gave it a three just because what's her name was in Playboy once, okay. and I could see what she looked like. Well, then. I didn't know that. You can't. Well. I Whatever. Know. You should be able to do that. 13%. So we gave yeah, it a pretty low accurate. amount. Uh, for scariness, we gave it a 56%. That's bumped up on my level just because yeah. it, it bothered me as a child with Zelda. But yeah, it bothered me when I watched it a few years ago, too. I don't think it's necessarily a very scary movie. No. no. Um, for acting, we gave it a 46%. Should have been yeah, a 13. Yeah, it wasn't very good. I loved it. That's why I gave it an 8 the acting? You thought the acting was good? I love Judd's character from Fre uh, Fred Gwynn. I think he was great. Yeah, he's but that's one person. Yeah. Talk about the overall. He's not enough to bring the score up for me. He's enough to bring the score up for me because he was, you know, don't you know go what down it is? the watershed. It's because Zach doesn't watch anything other than horror movies, which are notorious for, like, shitty acting. That is very true. No. That's very accurate. I don't want to get into that right now, but I think that's such a fucking fake Fake mm -hmm. news. I don't know. Fake news. news. I don't right. like that at all. Mm -hmm. Just because I only watch horror doesn't mean that I don't. I can't evaluate acting saying. as well. Just a, it's just an well, opinion. When you're watching your next rom-com that eat my dick. Eat rom my dick. There you go. For plot, we gave this a 50%. Ash, you gave this a 1. I don't remember that, but I mean, I'll stand by it. It's wow. a Stephen <laughs> King novel. Yeah, I just feel like she. I, I'm not talking. I'm I'm looking at the fucking movie, not the novel. Like I want to read the novel to get like yes. the real deal of this because it sounds awesome, but it. Mm -mm. I'll save it. That's fine. Now I get that. So fifty percent. Uh, I gave it a nine. CS gave it a five. So evens out all together. Yeah. At fifty percent. For our individual scores, I gave this movie a 45%. Oh, wow. That's pretty yeah. low. I mean, I don't love the movie. I'll be honest. I can advocate for the movie because I love Fred Gwynn's character because yeah. he is like a quintessential make fun of trope. Have it in comedy shows. The guy by the Pet Cemetery. Pet Cemetery in itself is a funny thing to joke around yeah. about. Uh, the acting was all right. The monsters weren't very well. I thought the concept was really cool. But well, that's where you have me at. I don't know. Yeah. Ash, you gave this movie 50%, which I think is funny because uh, I was talking about it. Now you're uh, bashing it, but gave it a higher score. But what do you think about this movie? Well, I can't read your mind. I was just trying to be polite. I mean, I didn't love it. I didn't hate it. I thought, it, like I said, I thought it could be better if it wasn't so fucking cheesy and they got some decent characters or, like, decent actors. And I don't mean Fred, and I don't mean the little boy, but everyone else sucked dickhole. Yeah. That's fair. Um... 
I didn't like how they explained everything too much. I'm with the critics that didn't like it. I thought it just fell flat. What about you, Macias? You gave it a 50% as well. Yeah, I, the first time I saw this was only just like a few years ago, and I remember it creeped me out more than I thought it would. I thought it was going to be really cheesy. Watching it again, though, I just wasn't really scared. I think Zelda was creepy. The creepiest part, almost. Yeah, yeah. she was just... I mean, it, you know, the, I think that goes back to like body horror. It's like, yeah. oh my God, you're not supposed to look like that. Mm. Or like family members you have to take care of. Yes. It's a weird, interesting area where you don't really want to take care of somebody that's that messed up no. at that point. But, you know, you kind of have to. She was like fucking eight. Yeah, that was pretty fucking dark. Like, the, she wanted her sister to die because she yeah. was such a burden on the family. And that's why I feel like the book is probably better because it goes into, like, that backstory a little bit it more. It does, which is interesting. Also, if you go into the book, the Ellie, the young girl, has tel- tel- telepathy. What? Telepathy. 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 She got the shines. She got the shining. Interesting. She does. In the book, she she does have the shining. Not like they'd say the shining, but she has telepathy. 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 Okay. We're leaving this in because I don't even know how to pronounce I it. I love point. it. It's really cute. Do it again. Telepathy. But <laughs> yes, they, they have all that stuff going cute. on. Um, so all together, Horny Horror, I give this maybe a 42%. I think that's pretty fair. I yeah. agree. Um, I don't think it deserves much for that. For kills, we counted nine kills overall. What? Macias had six. I had nine. I was counting some animals, though. I counted church, mm. and I counted a bunch of other things going on. I counted church, and okay, yeah. Judd's Judd's dog. He had a dog. Judd's Judd's even the flashback where oh, the old yeah. guy dies. I I counted that as well. Oh, that's right. I mm-hmm. forgot about that. So and the person he killed, Timmy. When he was yeah. Alive. So I counted that. So we had uh, nine kills. Sex scenes. Very disappointed. No Zero. sex scenes. Yeah. They could have. Not a very horny movie. Oh. Yeah. Jump scares. We uh, had about three. Yeah. All together, mm-hmm. they were big. Not much. Uh, number of explosions, zero. There was some fire caught to a house, but not an explosion explosion. Yeah. You know yeah. I love explosions, and there, there just weren't enough in this movie Mm-mm. for me. Nah, you're, you're a Michael Bay person yourself. Uh, for <laughs> monsters, totally. we had around three. You got the cat. Uh, you could call uh, the dad, you know, a monster I himself. suppose you could. Yeah, totally. And then the young boy a monster. Yeah. yeah. Um, I don't know what the other monster was. Maybe the flashback to the zombie. He's kind of a monster. Judd's kind of a no, monster for introducing awesome. him to that. Or yeah. Judd's kind of a monster for introducing for that. But altogether, I think we agree that it is a good movie, not a great movie, a movie worth watching, but not a movie worth buying. You know? No. no. Um, and if you think, oh, they're so mean, you probably haven't watched this movie in a while, so go back and watch it, yeah. and then you'll probably change your mind about how awesome this movie is. Or not. So like we said in the beginning of the episode, now that we're on the ratings, we want to start passing on the selection of movies to our listeners. So from this week, we got a lot of great submissions, and we are actually going to go with Lost Man, our good guy right there, the guy that's always giving some horror facts and correcting some stuff. Thank you for submitting your uh, pick of an autopsy on Jane Doe. Yeah. Or the autopsy on Jane Doe. We have not seen it. It's a 2016 supernatural horror film by Andre Ovredal. And we're going to do it next week. So I'm actually pretty excited because we have not seen this movie at all. Yeah, I haven't even heard yeah, of it. Yeah, the trailer looks great. Yeah, it looked really good. So once again, thanks, Lost Man. We're going to be doing this every three weeks, every four weeks. We're going to pick a listener movie. So again, please stay subscribed. Um, as always, thanks for listening. Feel free to write us with more movie suggestions, creepy stories, or just say hi at hornyhorror@gmail.com. 
Instagram, Twitter, or Facebook at Horny Horror Hour, and listen to us on any podcast platform. I gotta say, purr. Purr. Be nice to your cat, you know? Pet your oh. cat, pet your dog, you never know where you're gonna die. Never oh, die. and if you're at Dragon Con and you see me, come say hey. Tell them what you're going to wear. On Friday, I'm going to be a Scream Queen. On Saturday, I'm going to be Zoya the Destroyer. Ooh. And Sunday, I'm going to be Ripley from Alien. Okay, guys. Thanks for listening. Bye.